Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja. My name is MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me and spending uh, your most precious, one of your most precious resources, your time with me for another episode of Cashflow Ninja. I've got a great show for you and another fantastic guest, uh, Corin Altamare. Corin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, MC, for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, also a local Pennsylvanian, so I'm excited to to jump into this with you. Corin, for folks not familiar with you and what you do, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with them? Sure. So I started in music in Los Angeles, California. And just about 10 years ago, I ended up coming to Philadelphia and um, briefly had a stint in the W-2 full-time employee world as an IT project manager, acquired my first personal multifamily investment, uh, myself individually first, and then the following year with my then boyfriend, now business partner and husband. The year following that, we started syndicating in multifamily. We... um, We purchased pretty extensively for the years 2014, 15, 16, and we stopped, repositioned for sale, and uh, pivoted into self-storage. We were both full-time employees for much of that. We founded and ran our our business, Hearthfire Holdings, as the hands-on real estate um, property manager arm, overlooking the investment performances, and are doing the same with the self-storage facility. We're operating that largely remotely, um, but it is in Lancaster County, so it is accessible. I was there yesterday. So um, that's very, very, very quick summary. Absolutely. We're going to jump in quite a bit of that. You started as a musician. What type of in- instruments did you play? And then also, I think a lot of folks might be thinking too, you know, where th- most people do this, right? They look at themselves of where they are and they go, well, how, you know, how do I become a real estate investor? Or I don't necessarily have the background to become a real estate investor. So you started as a musician. Uh, maybe if you want to elaborate a little bit about that and how you got into real estate. It's very different. Um, so I started I started playing piano as, as a kid, you know, when I was five. My, my dad plopped me down on the piano bench and I did that for years and years and years. But I really found my passion in singing. And so I actually ended up working professionally as an opera singer. Um, and so it was the contracts. It's a, you know, it's a gig economy, music or any sort of art, really. Um, So it was ultimately a singing contract that brought me here to Philadelphia, Um, but I went to a magnet um, high school. So it was a public high school, but it was magnet for the arts. You had to audition to get in. And so I I did get in. That's when I switched into voice because I could not compete on piano with some of the, you know, piano prodigies. So I switched over to voice and I found that I really, really absolutely loved it. Uh, I went to private Catholic all-girls school, so I had a background in singing in church and leading from that perspective. Um, And so our high school years were 
um, divided, our days were divided with the mornings being your standard academics and the afternoons were your, your art. So for me, music. And, and even the second half of the day was divided further into everything that went into learning music, right? So music history, music theory, as well as learning your instrument, how, how to sing individually and collaboratively in large choirs and small ensembles in, in individual recitals. So from there, from high school, I did both of my, my undergrad and my master's are both in music as well. Those also were in Southern California. And then from all of my years of schooling, I uh, jumped into different young artist engagements and professional engagements and kind of bounced around the world for a little bit. Uh, landed up in Philadelphia in 2010. You, you can say that either Philadelphia broke me or Philadelphia was what opened up the doors for the next chapter in my life, right? Because when I came to Philly was when I, you know, started my next pivot into IT project management. Your passion doesn't always pay the bills. So I started, you know, I had my, um, I had my artist resume and then I had my office job resume. My father is an attorney and so he put me to work very young. Uh, in his office. I'm not going to say how young. I don't want to get him in trouble legally, but um, <laughs> he put me to work very early. So I always had office and like kind of like standard business roles and responsibilities and, and toolkits that I could fall back on in between gigs, you know, when I was hustling in between those sorts of things. So it was that resume of experience that got me into my IT project management job. It was a completely different world, a completely different, I'm not a native tech. My husband is, is the tech support in everything that we do. Um, and he brings a lot of that structure to our operations as we built and developed our business. Um, but so I spent five years really I stopped music. I, I reached a point where I needed to refocus on something. I needed a change. I was burnt out. I needed something else. But I was so used to hustling those long, long hours that you put in um, that I just re repositioned all of that focus and that effort into my day job. And then into as soon as I had those regular paychecks coming in, finding some sort of way to shelter my income when it came time to file taxes. So that's where I came to real estate investing. Um, I found my first triplex in 2012. Um, and then 2013 acquired, you know, acquired another and kind of built from there. One of the things that I think is coming from an artistic background and the music, right? One of the things that I think it might help is the creativity because real estate is very, is a creative field where there's many different things that you can do with it. So, you know, I could definitely see the synergy there of coming from there um, and that background and finding this and enjoying it because there's a lot of things going on and a lot of things that you can do with real estate, right? And, and all the partnerships, right? I mean, it's not, yeah. I jumped right into multifamily. So I had to, and I had no contract or construction construction experience. So learning how to work with other people and, and in the arts, you work yeah. with some really interesting and some really demanding people. So how to balance all those different stakeholders and communicate the way that people need to be communicated with just learning how to 
uh, balance all of that. It translated that music background translated really well into my IT experience because I was um, I was always working with the stakeholders and kind of the intermediary between the ones and the zeros guys actually doing the coding and development and then working with our stakeholders and all of their you know their needs and their priorities and timelines. So the music translated really well into the project management and also translated really well into into real estate and especially as we grew into syndications interacting with investors um, just all of those communications and um, and negotiations <laughs> MC Lobsher the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments to learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. And I love what you also said that, you know, sometimes passions don't pay the bill. So you've got to do what you got to do. You start, you still pursue it, and you never know where it's going to take you, right? It was the same with my sports career, which a lot of lessons that I learned in, in sport, for example, and also coaching it is basically how I run my businesses. So it's it's very similar. Uh, or there's a lot of different uh, transferable skill sets and mindsets that can move from one area to another. You also invested heavily in yourself when you first started on your journey. What what was what was some of the things that um, that inspired you? What was the diff the the stages of of your mind opening up to more endless possibilities as you learn more about real estate? I. I have to credit my parents here. I, I'm very blessed in uh, in the people that raised me. Um, both of them had their own businesses. My father had his law practice. My mother had a Montessori preschool, um, and so they both um, they just the hours put in the work ethic around you know we we worked seven days a week and I was always there I'm the oldest child so I was I was always put to work the first um, as far as opening up mindset um, just being able to see how they um, ran and developed their businesses my my mother started out as a teacher for someone else's school but she ultimately you know realized her dream to to want to have her own and so they were able to access a life insurance policy to help her they acquired what was a single family home rezoned it made it into what was her eventual school um, and they did the same for me when i was born they they took out a whole life insurance policy and i was able to use that as I grew up, it, it grew untouched for years and years and years. Um, I wasn't able to access it without their sign off until I was 25. So from 18 to 25, when I was looking to use some funds for college, you know, we had to have those conversations and make sure that mom and dad would sign off and let me do that. But it ultimately allowed me to get out both of my college degrees without any student debt, which I think is huge nowadays. There are so many, so many young adults that come out with just massive amounts of debt. So the, the steps that they took to lay that foundation for me, I didn't realize until later, right? I, I didn't realize until I had a chance to use it and then pay it back and then use it again as a down payment on my next real estate investment purchase and then pay it back and now still have it available. Um, that was huge. I can't take credit for, um, for that. That was my parents, but I've you know, finally been able to realize what a huge step up that was for me as far as me 
taking personal efforts and ownership of my own continuing, you know, education and mindset, I really didn't realize until I was done with music how important mindset is. I was so focused in on honing my craft and making myself the most, uh, the, the best performer that I could. And I, and I really neglected mm -hmm. the mindset part. And it wasn't until shutting that door, walking away for a bit and seeing how important it is, you know, getting exposed to the world of podcasts and meeting other investors now and seeing how important that is, that I'm starting to realize um, just the important role that that makes. Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits has been really great for me most recently. That's on my desk right now. So I just want to give him a shout out to, to him and that community. No, I did. And I love that you basically, and what your parents basically set you up was with the foundational pieces and you learned how to become your own banker you know, through this process, right? And also applying for college, paying the, the family bank, the quote unquote, your own bank back. And then later on leveraging that for, for real estate. So we love, we love utilizing things like this within our strategies and stuff that we talk about. And this is one of our favorite ones <laughs> to become your own bank. It's a great tool. Yeah. And they don't, I, I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. You know, you don't hear about it unless you're in networks that talk about it. So we talk about it to everyone. Uh, we, and uh, our daughter is three years old now. So we, you know, we set her up with a policy um, and have gotten, you know, in-laws and other family with kids a lot of education, sharing the concept, especially if it's a new concept, but it's just, um, it served me fantastically. So just trying to use myself as a case study. Absolutely. Now, multifamily is what you guys uh, dived into. Obviously, there's scalability there. Maybe talk to us a little bit about why you initially uh, started there. You picked that, that, uh, that asset clause. And then you guys started pivoting too. Maybe you can add to that too, why you were starting to pivot from that as we looked into uh, the next decade. I needed a place to live <laughs> and I wanted someone else to pay my go. mortgage. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. Um, I spent a year exploring Philadelphia neighborhoods and properties. I met uh, my now husband spring of 2012. So all of our date nights, I was dragging him out for property tours. Great date nights. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah, great. They were fantastic. And then once we bought the property, put them to work, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, going down blocks and neighborhoods that he, as a South Philly born and bred person, was like, well, we don't we don't go down that block. I was like, but, but look, but look at these numbers, <laughs> you know? So we did. And, and some of our best returns were properties that, you know, those neighborhoods, those blocks were just starting to gentrify, you know, 2011, 2012. And so timed it right. And from that perspective, you know, and, um, and just the qualifications for me were I was that I was purchasing as an owner occupant. So I ended up settling on on this triplex that had two tenants in place. It didn't need a lot of work, which was great for me because I didn't know how many skill set new skill sets I could develop quickly. So I was able to cut my teeth a little bit on landlording. After that much time of looking at properties and meeting people and talking to listing brokers and whatnot, we ended up getting connected with a developer. And that's where our deal flow for the next three years came from. Our next acquisition was a new build. Um, the developer would get you know, foreclosed or abandoned properties from the city, 10-year tax abatement, which Philadelphia had going on. 
the listing broker knew that we had funds in place and we had started syndicating. So we had handshake deals essentially on those purchases. They knew they had buyers right at the end. So those projects never had to sit on the MLS. Um, it was quick and easy payout for the developer. It was great for us to be involved in the development process and see the properties from studs to completely finished. Um, we would get our we would get our properties fully leased up before they were completely built because we just you know started marketing and advertising them and and um, so that's how we grew our multifamily arm our syndications our just business operations knowledge and awareness um, and then watching the market 2016 uh, multifamily just got so incredibly overheated and so we did a full scale stop. In 2017, reassessed. We had originally purchased planning to be long-term buy and holds, uh, but when we ran the numbers and looked at what we could get our investors, we started talking about selling at the top of the market. What we, I mean, we were at the very, very top of an overheated market. We were expecting a downturn. weren't really expecting COVID, but here we are. And so we, so we sold those syndications. We got our investors 23 to 25% IRR. And most of them, all of them except one, came with us into the pivot and self-storage. And we started educating and sharing with them why we were thinking about that move. In, in 2017, we started, you know, we started underwriting, learning about the market, bidding on projects, forming relationships with specifically self-storage brokers, you know, people that were focused in on that niche. And so we spent a solid year and a half, uh, you know, going through that education process, talking about it with our investors so that nothing came as a surprise, especially since we had all come in with, with the plan that we would be in it for the long haul. And so, yeah, we're still all in it together for the long haul, but now we're in self-storage. And um, so that made it a pretty seamless transition from that perspective. We're still managing tenants. It's just a different class of tenants. It's less maintenance and management headaches. I don't have to deal with you know, water bills <laughs> or, you know, utilities. I don't have to deal with expensive turnovers. You know, you look at turning over a residential apartment or home versus sweeping out a storage unit and it's back on the market that day. Um, so all of that contributed to our, our pivot. In, uh, so, we, so we successfully closed on a 35,000 square foot facility in August of 2019. So relatively recently. What were some of the signs that you saw in the market that it was getting overheated? Like what were some of the things that you, looking back now, that you look at it and said, well, this does not look good. This, 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 this is probably a time to start moving out of this right now because of these things that we're seeing. So we were, we were still pretty much in a purchasing mindset. And we just couldn't, we couldn't find the deals that met our criteria anymore. And there was more and more push towards going off market, direct to owner. And so, okay, fine, we could do that. But when we took a step back and looked at the overall landscape of just prices going up higher and higher and higher, because we were in multifamily. And so the natural progression would have been to larger multifamily, you know, 100, 100 plus units um, and go in that direction. But we just couldn't find anything where the numbers made sense without us getting really aggressive. And we were talking about our financial future, uh, our family, the people that we love and care for most in the world. We did not want to make that risk. So 
another um, very specific to the Philadelphia landscape, there was conversation about, and they did adjust the 10-year tax abatement, right, where the city reevaluated that. And so what was originally a huge benefit for encouraging development in the city, encouraging new investors to come in, the city started taking a grab back at, at how that was structured. And so we didn't like the writing on the wall from that local legal perspective, either uh, legal and just uh, political perspective, I guess, taxes and all the implications there. Um, so we were very happy to get out of those uh, properties in the city. Um, and then once we started learning about self-storage and all the all the opportunities there, that really got us got us interested. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. It's obviously been <laughs> quite, a, quite a time uh, the, the past month or so um, and there's, uh, I mean, there's a reset that happened. We have to reinvent and recalibrate our businesses. And creativity in a time like this is crucial to have clarity, to get creative and see the opportunities in front of us. What are some of the things that um, that you guys have been doing? Because there's obviously a lot of opportunity. Um, do, you know, what are some of the things that you guys have been doing there during this time? So we've always been very, uh, very strong proponents of implementing technology. Uh, I have to credit my husband and business partner. He's he's the tech power behind our operations. Uh, but even, you know, even when we started, we both were working full time, and to manage. 50, 60 doors while putting in 60 hour work week. We were both traveling a decent amount as well. We, we had to build technology systems. So we invested very heavily in software, in, in, um, in outsourcing things so that we weren't manually responding to emails um, or, or all that sort of thing. So DocuSign, mail merge templates, all of that, um, that served us well into self-storage. That served us particularly well right now because we are able, some new technology that we're using is, the, is um, 3D virtual tours. So there's a Matterport camera technology that you send the camera through through the property and they do um, a, a full-scale virtual tour of the property. You can act, it's, um, if you have like the Google Glass virtual reality glasses, you can actually put them on and you feel like as if you are in the space. Um, from, that, um, from that raw file, we can also put together kind of a walkthrough video, video just by stitching together the different shots and whatnot. It's amazing technology. Um, it's been on the market for a little while, but it's been mostly reserved for really high-end luxury home sales. But given our, you know, our change in operations lately, we reached out to a, um, a local photographer that had this technology, told them, you know, our whole setup, we're talking about um, transitioning our entire um, operations to this. So instead of doing in-person showings and tours, 
We're going to do the Matterport virtual tours for every listing going forward. And once you do it once through the property, unless you do major renovations or repairs in the property, that file is going to be good for you for a number of years versus doing standard photography and in-person tours. Absolutely. I love how you guys are already on top of the technology and already rolling, rolling that out. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of opportunity moving forward. How are you guys positioning yourself and your investors to take uh, to capitalize on opportunities as they will be presenting themselves? So we're really happy in self-storage. We're probably we are looking for another. I can't say when, but you know we're in active conversations right now. Up until up until now, we have always found the deal first and then presented it to our investors and then put together the entity. We are switching that up and creating a blind pool fund um, so that we have the funds in place and ready to go from our investors so that as soon as we find the right deal, we'll be able to we'll be able to jump into it. I fully expect that there are other investors who, like us, have been waiting for a correction, waiting for a you know a fire sale, if you will. Um, so we're expecting that there will be plenty of other people also well positioned to buy. So just by doing that, we expect to be able to move a little bit more quickly. We have good relations with, um, with brokers and lenders in our area as well. So just keeping those contacts warm and letting people know what we're doing on a day-to-day and weekly basis. Fantastic. One habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying and learning. And it's been a journey for uh, for you and your husband, just studying and learning and, and, and growing and learning different asset classes and different strategies and making learning the, the economic side of it too, to, to make pivots and make adjustments. What are some of the uh, things that you're learning right now? I'm still learning about self-storage, you know, operations. It's one thing to learn and then to be in it. And so we're still, we're still in it. And um, I'm, I'm not an expert in that by any means whatsoever. So I'm still reading up um, and listening to podcasts and blogs and, and books and other publications out there. Um, the Self-Storage Association and all the, all the different trade organizations are doing a great job right now. There's so much content that's being provided free, live, online. So I'm joining as many of, of those as I can just to stay in tune with where the overall market is, where, where the REITs are, what the, what, the really, what the big heavy players are doing in the industry space. So keeping my fingers very much on the pulse of day-to-day conversations about how this is inevitably going to change our business operations. You know, thank, thank goodness we have so much technology because we can do completely contactless rentals. Um, so on the self-storage space, that's definitely how I'm keeping myself educated. I'm really trying to do more work on my mental mental mindset as well. So, you know, I mentioned uh, high performance habits. I'm currently reading Wealth Can't Wait. My husband recently joined GoBundance. If any of your listeners are familiar with that group, he joined that just, just in January. So it's been a few short months, but the change that I have seen in him, in his energy in the way he's thinking through things has been incredible. So, um, so that's been a great addition to our network, I guess. So absorbing what those guys are putting out there as well. Um, the GoBundance uh, team. I also, um, I'm rereading Think and Grow Rich. It's, it's an oldie but a goodie and I'm, I'm rereading that one. So that's what's in my immediate rotation right now. That's so true. Sometimes, you know, you don't have to read a hundred books. You can read one book a hundred times <laughs> such as that book and you'll pick up something 
every single time that you read it. There's a couple of books that you just, you know, after reading about three or four times, you know, you I always start to see something different that I didn't get the first time out of it. And Wealth Gone White is a great book. I believe that that's David Osborne that's writing that uh, previous guest on the show. He, that's a that's another great book that I would definitely put up there uh, and suggest for folks to read um, if they have time available, especially now, which is such a great time to invest in your mindset and invest in in your learning your studying and invest in in learning different skill sets right exactly and it's a it's an easy read it's very approachable but there's a lot of deep thought provoking content stuff in there it's it's, it's a little bit surprise it catches you you know it's because you're reading it and you're like okay yeah you can you know page after page and then when you stop and think about it and all the prompts that they put in there for you to really consider it's it's been great absolutely now core message in our show is to leave our families communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset values and principles to future generations not just money so if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success what would they be work fearlessly right work this from my parents work long hard hours don't be afraid of it get your hands dirty put in the sweat effort uh, work fear fearlessly on that one and then learn passionately find you know read a lot of different things find what really captures your interest and go down that rabbit hole and if there's things that you're working towards and, and it doesn't capture your interest, then that's an opportunity for partnership, right? Find other people that compliment you. Um, so learn passionately and love deeply because otherwise, what's the point? Right. So, so true. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing those. Where can folks learn more about you? Where can they follow you? And where can they reach out to you and stay involved of all of the many projects that uh, you will be involved with? So our website is hfireholdings.com. You can find us there. For like-minded active investors, we provide property management services. Or if you just want a check-in, uh, we'll do you know some consultation. Um, happy to help and serve in any way. Uh, for syndications, because we are not broadcasting those out to the general public, um, you do need to at least sign up for our syndication insider. Um, get to know us. You know, we don't we don't want just anybody coming in these projects with us. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that we put in. So, reach out um, through our website there on our syndication insider. Um, shoot me an email if we can leave the email in the notes as well. It's Corinne C O R I N N at hfireholdings.com. For any of your listeners who are women interested in real estate, I am part of a wonderful community. Uh, free for women um, focused on uh, guiding women towards financial freedom through real estate. It's called the Real Estate Invest Her. So Real Estate Invest H-E-R. Um, we are a community on Facebook of at least 3,000. Last I checked, there are 24 meetups across the country. I lead the Philadelphia meetup chapter. Right now, everything is on Zoom, but hopefully at some point soon, we'll be able to get back together in person. And so any of your female listeners can also find me there. I'm fairly active on the Facebook community and then, of course, with our local meetup. Fantastic, Orenville. This has been a blast having you on the show and connecting and uh, learning all about your journey. Thank you for providing so much value for my listeners. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. 
presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.